participated. So it depends on where you studied first. Mm-hmm. So for example, where I studied, the teachers I studied with, I have absolutely no complaints against any of them except one complaint. And that's a compassionate complaint. And if you really want to study, you study. Otherwise, you didn't. People go to study just to get away from home, right? Yeah. So it depends on where you are. You can't say university is all the same. Likewise, yeah. all madrasas are not the same. Come on, like, you know, this is not even regulated. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? So yeah. it depends on your experience, depends on what you're looking for and where you're coming from and if you have a trauma or something. So I said every Darulum recognizes in the world. <laughs> that's how I usually say all the, there's 50,000 Darulums in the world and they will all recognize if the stand is good, if they take the exam, they will accept this. I remember him calling me saying, I'm, you walk behind two older aunties that look like they've just got off the plane, but they've got the most British accent out. Yeah. I mean, they like you're multi generation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, I think it's multi because I think you guys had something where only Lebanese and Turks could the come. White Australia policy. The, the white Australian yeah. policy. Yeah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Majid Kapak podcast episode 60 from memory. Is it 60? Anyway, today we have a very special podcast for you with some special guests while we wait for Sheikh Khalid to get off his phone. Right? <laughs> You've done 60 already. Yeah, yeah alhamdulillah. Yeah, with your two khatams. Welcome, uh, <laughs> <laughs> mashallah. Welcome, Mufti, Dr. Mufti Abdurrahman from the UK. And we have Brother Talha. But I think to introduce the two properly, we'll hand it over to our illustrious companion over here. Go for it, mate. Okay. Um, he's very self conscious today. Um, <laughs> alhamdulillah, today we have uh, Mufti Abdurrahman Yusuf Mangera from London. Um, I had the pleasure to meet him many, many years ago um, in London. Um, it was one of the p- highlights of my trip there, alhamdulillah, and established a connection. And over the years, uh, Mufti Saab has advised me due to the extensive experience on various matters, like how durus in the masjid um, and so forth. As an example, um, I c- contacted Mufti Saab um, regarding a masjid, how to actually approach a dars where there's different madahib. And mashallah, Mufti Saab, uh, the advice that he gave um, I think I followed it for about two years. So Mufti Saab, mashallah, studied in the UK. Uh, Only two years? What happened after that? Uh, That's what I was just I, 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 I had to stop. That I had to stop. No, no, the advice continues. <laughs> oh, the advice okay. continues right. till now. It's, uh, <laughs> but uh, the, um, uh, that uh, stopped and I st- started in another place. But mashallah, Mufti Saab's a graduate of uh, Darul Umberi and then studied Iftar, Darul Zakaria, also studied Mazar Ulum, Sahranpur. And also uh, in Syria, and mashallah, did his uh, PhD, if I remember correctly, in SOAS. SOAS. SOAS, sorry. Um, and um, alhamdulillah, like he's studied, uh, is well known, we don't have, needs no introduction, but uh, alhamdulillah, he's blessed our land in Australia, the big brown land down under, far away from everywhere in the world, every, every, from everywhere. Wow, and someone's <laughs> nervous. Mufti Saab, he's never like this. Usually I can't get him where it Yeah, is. because you guys are, you guys no, no, are making me self conscious. I'm enjoying this. Because they're smiling at me in between. You're welcome I'm anytime. I'm, I'm liking this here. <laughs> Keep going. So, so anyway, start us some more, brother. Jazakallah <laughs> <laughs> khair. I, I think New Zealand is further out. <laughs> it doesn't really count. It's okay. like a Pacific oh, island. Uh, uh, excuse me. I beg to differ. His are from there. Yes. Anyway. And also we have Talha Boskut from... Uh, Melbourne Muslim Seminary. Correct. And somehow he's a student of Mufti Abdurrahman. I had the opportunity to attend a couple of his classes on reading manuscripts at the Cambridge Muslim College. So okay, mashallah. Since then. Um, Just bring the mic a bit closer, yeah. Yeah, since then uh, I've been following Mufti Saab on 
his socials and through Zamzam Academy. So Alhamdulillah, I think it's it's really a blessing for the Melbourne Muslim community to have Mufti Saab down under. And Alhamdulillah, the seminary is fortunate enough to host him today for iftar. Inshallah, we can. Now there's a lot of um, Bozkurts. Uh, Bozkurts. Bozkurts. Uh, Bozkurts translates to the Great Wolf in Turkish. Okay, Kurt is wolf. It's yeah. quite a nationalist um, uh, and the wolf. Okay. totem, as they call it. Okay, Haji Mustafa Kurt, the the wolf, <laughs> ah, the wolf. Yeah, right. Right. yeah. mashallah. Um, so did you go to the UK and study? In I was or online. No, I was there in, p- in 2015. It was there physically. Physically. How was he with this up? Give us, give us the real <laughs> truth here. Um, I didn't get to see him that often, but yep. when I did see him, it was really good, mashallah. mashallah. <laughs> so that must be representative <laughs> of how he is. Yeah, look, my brain's still at the stage of Malana um, Khalid getting advice from anyone. Right? So that's a pretty big deal here. Jazakallah khair. And is it. In 2001, I was your teacher as well. So Apparently I want to put myself in the middle. What grade were you in? In college, I'll put that in there as well. I was in year seven. Year seven, yeah. So we have a shared student, you know. And first thing. Have you finished therapy for that year or is it still continuing? No, no, it was a good ilm college. We're going there today. Actually, I haven't been there since 2001. I visited last year, right? That no. was the head office. That was the head office. Yes. an actual school now. But we're going to the actual Inverloch, uh, yes. cr- that campus where I was teaching. Yeah, subhanAllah. Okay. That'll be a blast yeah. from the past, inshallah. Yeah. Okay. How long ago was that? 2001. We were there. We, uh, Kadir Bay, he was a principal. And, yep. yeah, and then we were, um, um, September 11 happened. Yeah. And we had a day off, if you remember. Yes, yes, yes. Like we were sent home. We had a day off for September 11. Yeah. Because yeah. it was wow. such a shocking event. Like they were trying to process like what's... Yeah. You know, and um, they felt that it was, yeah, when we got a day off. Yeah. I think we were there, the teachers were there, but the yeah. students got the day off. Safety reasons as well to avoid any yeah. backlash from the community. There, were, there, are, there, are, there are backlashes for those sort of things, unfortunately. Like even when the Bali one happened, then our masjid got attacked like the next, really? yeah, next day. So, yeah, it was, they were t- I think they were just being cautious. Um, this up, like, um, this is uh, the podcast is the Masjid Car Park. So Masjid Car Park, meaning the brothers they meet outside in the car park, and uh, sometimes it's that's, that's, that's why we have these cars. That's, here, that's right? why we have tour cars. And you, and and you can play with them with this up. He will uh, not tell you off, but he will tell me off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're using this opportunity to oh, harass I'm me now. Loving this. <laughs> um, got the right now. <laughs> no, um, just because uh, we had such a short amount of time with you, um, your this is, is what number trip is this to Australia for you? I think it's the fourth one. Okay. So now you have a good idea. Of second time, to, uh, second to time to Melbourne, fourth That's time right. to Australia. Yeah, yeah. Last year you came to Melbourne. This year, yeah. what's the? Comp- well, to be honest, before I came to Australia, um, hearing about certain things in the media, uh, there mm-hmm. were certain politicians that did some weird things about hijab and niqab and things like okay. that. Okay, Pauline has several years ago. Yeah. I, I can't remember who it was, Sister but Pauline. I just uh, you have this idea, and and I've noticed that this is usually the case that you you usually hear the worst things of a mm. any country. And then when you actually go there, you find out that it's not actually that bad. In fact, uh, from my interaction um, with many Muslims and some uh, non-Muslims here, I found out it's actually very pleasant, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not bad at all. It's actually very good. The Muslims are seemingly doing quite well. Of course, we've got challenges everywhere, but Australia is not a bad place. I mean, it's a, it's a really nice place. I mean, it's just too far. 
for uh, you know <laughs> to yeah, to come yeah. and settle here. How long but was the flight here this time? Uh, this time I think it was what twelve hours to Singapore and then another six and something hours to here. So with some stopover in between. So okay. yeah, I mean needed twenty two hours or something like that altogether. Okay. So besides that fact, I mean it's it's a nice place and uh, mashallah, I think the Muslims are doing well. Of course, there's challenges everywhere, but that's the nature of the dunya of the world itself. Yeah. So, inshallah, may Allah allow it to prosper. Ameen. Ameen. And, uh, like, what's, like, uh, you compare it, like, I, I, the UK as a South Asian Muslim was, because we have Turkish brothers, uh, yeah. Talha's from Turkish, and bro- there's, another, there's, another, Talha, there's yeah. another Talha outside Lebanese. Lebanese. And so, um, like, that's, we're used to a very different, uh, so as a South Asian Muslim, when I went to the, to uh, to London and to UK, he felt Bradford. at home. He was calling me. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I was talking to Abdul Wajid. I said, yeah. "We this is what we missed out in our childhood, you know." Like yeah. you now, we have a lot of like Indian cuisine and all that sort of stuff. But when we were growing up, we were like um, we were a rarity, you know. Like uh, I, I remember him calling me saying, "I'm." You walk behind two old aunties that look like they've just got off the plane. But they've got the most British accent out. Yeah. I mean, they like you're multi generation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, I think it's multi because I think you guys had something where only Lebanese and Turks could the come. White Australia policy. The, the white Australian yeah. policy. Yeah. Then after that, the mass immigration. Yeah, so that was t- till the early seventies, where on, they had a white, literally a white, nearly for seventy years yeah. or something. Yeah. They had a white only from the turn of the century, early twentieth century. So all the early Turks, Arabs, Albanians, Albanians, Albanians. Um, Bosnians, all. The, they what came. about Patans? I mean, what about Pashtun Patans? They're quite uh, white, aren't they? Yeah. They tried to keep them out even <laughs> after the white Australian. We are white. Finished, we're white. We probably white for India, <laughs> but not white for okay, not white <laughs> for, for Australia. Probably, right. <laughs> we probably didn't pass it. Yeah. But we got in there. But the Pashtuns, they did come here. The yeah, Afghan, that was the years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we before were there. We, we be, yeah before with the, the camels. Yeah, yeah. How are you with camels nowadays, mate? No, no, I can't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, in uh, England, I think it's uh, we started in the 1960s. The mass yeah. migration. We've had Muslims there throughout post World War II. Yeah. yeah, 1960s is when the whole communities came mm-hmm. in. So I think we're right. telling everyone like 60 to 70 years now in England. Yeah, that's it's that's a little a, bit older yeah. Um, yeah. than Australia, probably. Yeah, but yes, but probably almost a generation. My yeah. idea is as well with England. It may, it's not just. It's a little bit older. However, in terms of this is my understanding of it is when it comes to deeny institutions yeah. or establishment of madaris, um, you guys are light years ahead of us. And that's, I think, multiple reasons for that. Number one, people, uh, I mean, if you compare to America, right? right? So in America, people went there for education. So it was mostly academics that went there initially and yeah. professionals. Mm-hmm. Whereas in England, it was people from the villages. They literally came with lock, stock and barrel, madrasa, masjid, imam, wow. mufti, everything. And the first things they established was madrasas. So the so whole village migrated? Well, I mean... No, what I mean by that is that many people. Mind, a lot of people, yeah. Lots and here. lots of people migrated. I mean, it wasn't an entire village. I mean, there are some villages yeah, which are course. totally empty. <laughs> yeah, course, but then yeah. they, they, uh, that, um, when I say Gujarat, for example, mm. I can speak about there's Pakistan, there's Kashmir, there's yep. lots of people, Bangladesh. Then we've had the Somalis, then we've had uh, the Algerians, and uh, we've had Turks, huge amounts of Turks. So there's, there's it's in quite London, cosmopolitan. But yeah. you see, England is very small compared yeah. to America or Australia. Yeah. So it's much more concentrated. That's right. Right? Yeah. And everything's close by here. We're driving to masjids. In England, that's kind of crazy to drive to a masjid. Yeah, Mufti Ibrahim, Monariyad um, al-Haqsa, uh, younger brother, he came here last yeah. year. He said, uh, he said, you guys have a warped sense of distance. 
Yeah. He said, yeah. I, I'm going to the mus- it's, just, it's just three kilometers up the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no. that's, that's not, that's, because there's 15 masjids walking distance from his house yeah. in Leicester. Three yeah. kilometers yeah. is a long distance there. For, for me, literally, uh, I've got two masjids walking distance. Well, no, fa- five masjids walking distance oh, within okay. 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. And within a 10 minute drive, there's at least more than 10 masjids. Within just a ten minute drive. Yeah. Easy. Right? <laughs> we've yeah, got in, in Australia. Within a ten we minute drive we've got yeah. three from where we are. Yeah. Two. Yeah. What's Faulkner? Faulkner and Coolaroo. How much? Within the ten minutes. Depends yeah. on who's driving. You yeah. get there within ten minutes. But that's <laughs> you. But the, the over there, it's just there's masjids, and even sometimes yeah. there's Anderson speak, like in East in London. Yeah, some t- some yeah. places like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Definitely. like it's. It is very concentrated. And even I realise academically, like when you see the, you know what we, for us it's like s- suburbs almost. They're like, you see, oh, that's Leicester's just there, Sheffield. Like when you see the signs on the trains, oh, everything is just next it's to each other. It's just very close. Yeah. I mean, the longest distance we go in England is about four to five hours maximum. Yeah. Right? Okay. Driving, you know, that's it. And then if you want to go to Glasgow, which is Scotland, we might do a an hour flight or seven hours, but we hardly drive there. Let's just take a flight, but that's it. Yeah, okay. You know, maximum is probably about twelve hours. That's why when I texted you, I'm only half an hour away. Yeah, that was a long distance for us. That's a l- in London. That's still okay because yeah. f- to get from East London to West London takes over an hour. It's easier to get from East London to Cambridge, which is another town, mm. fifty miles away. Because right? traffic. Because it's you're outside then. But yeah. for England, for London, if I go to West London, that's literally another city for us. South London is another city for us. Yep. It's very complicated. Lon- that's London itself. It's like Sydney, I think. And because of that, like I noticed that the institutes are so close. Yeah. And there's sort of there's a lot of um, cross pollination, and they're benefiting. Like oh, I, yeah. I, I, Cambridge is just there. Oxford is just there. And even like even if, uh, when I was at Ibrahim yeah. College, I, I sort of understood a l- little bit why. Like oh. you have, then you'll have connections with Cambridge and or. Um, even like Shah Abdul Hagi Murad or yeah. so forth, just because they're just so close to each other, so they'll have joint programs or um, assist each other, and the, sh- the resources are shared probably better. While here we're sort of in these little islands at uh, distance uh, from each other. So in East London, where I stay, there's at least fifteen. There's probably more than that now, but there's at least fifteen madrasas that are teaching up to nearly up to Sahih al Bukhari for men and women. Mashallah. Fifteen of them. Mashallah. Right. Yeah. That, that was when I counted last. Well, so full classes, full classes. Yeah. Wouldn't that make the like in terms of then the output of that? The output would be so great in London that there it'd be is saturated. It would be saturation it's of like there is. I mean, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. But you see, um, what we have to really understand, and I think this will be something that's transferable, is that not every area of London is like that. Mm. So you've got certain areas which we call boroughs of London, like Hackney, yep. uh, Ilford. Um, Newham, Tower Hamlets, where it's very, very well catered because you've had such a sheer output of local ulama, local mm-hmm. alims, local scholars and alimat. Mm-hmm. You've got them catering for every segment of society. We can still do more, but for every segment, you've got children's classes to adult classes to women's classes at multiple levels. Kira'a classes, you want to specialize in kira'a, you've got kira'a courses going on, you've got everything. However, there's other boroughs which are not so well, mm. not so well catered for. Yeah. In London itself, you go to Barnet, Kingston, etc. Why not? Well, because, and this is what it is, the sacrifice of these individuals in these areas is that they took their children when they were young and sent them to study. Mm-hmm. Right. Right, because there were no local <laughs> places to study. Sent right. them to study, they came back, 
and they're catering for their area. Most people stay within the same area. Mm-hmm. Whereas the others, they're probably more focused on secular education instead. But there's plenty of Muslims in those areas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's massive masjids, but they just don't have the same kind of ulama. Like there's one massive ma- area with, with multiple big masjids in West London, but they've only got f- about seven or ten scholars. Whereas in my local area where I was born, there's about a thousand hafizes, at least. Inshallah. In just Hackney or Clapton alone, there's at least a thousand huffav. See, that's quite something right. quite interesting for us here, because when you when you're talking about sending people, some boroughs send people Put over. The headphones on, just so because okay. the mic you keep going out. Jazakallah. No, no, because you keep going in. So some boroughs, so you're talking about... You probably look better with the headphones on. (laughs) I'm very photogenic with this, but he's just jealous about it. (laughs) Right, Um, so you've got some areas where they did send their parents, where the parents sent the kids off. I think that might be what's required here. Um, They they did that. that. Back then, but I'm saying for now. They did... uh, This is sending their kids to, uh, like, Berry and Dewsbury? Wherever, yeah, exactly. And you you know, that's what we used to do before. Okay. Mm. Now, the big madrasas, the the boarding yeah. ones, they we don't need to go there anymore because yeah, you know the graduates they've literally come home and started off in locally in the masjid. That's why we're talking about fifteen locally, yeah. Yeah. right? That you're gonna have to do that because if you okay. keep trying to import we imams, yeah. you're you're gonna struggle that because there's a culture clash and number of other things. Yeah, and and. Sorry, yeah. Uh, and these, like the large boarding madrasas, the old ones, yeah. like Berry and Dewsbury. Now, the do you have like boarding madrasas in London, or are they more like there's daytime? one? There's one in there's one boarding madrasa in London only. Oh, Darum London is it? Darum London, yeah. yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. Just just on that point, the question is often posed. You know, sh- where shall we go to study sacred knowledge? Um, would you say now that the answers are more now localized, and that there isn't much need to travel abroad? Especially in the context in England, of that's what's in happened. The context of yeah. England, obviously, probably not here. We're not there. Um, but would you would you sort of more confidently direct them to one of these data alum? You see, it's much easier to go local because it's within the country. No visa yeah. issues, no culture issues, and things like that. Also, after nine eleven and so on, there's issues with mm. number of countries where you have to have very specialist visas, and usually can't get them. England, yeah. for example, has stopped all foreigners from coming to study there. That's right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. people in Barbados, people in uh, Panama, and all of these places, they no longer can come, or Trinidad and other, they can't come to England study, which is in a blessing in disguise because now you've got a mother, you've got a full fledged Darlum in Panama yeah. and, and right. Barbados and so on. So I think this is what creates demand. It's like you can't stop this, it's going to happen somewhere yeah. else, yeah. inshallah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, that's one of the things that impressed me in my observations of England is when, when I was there. Just sorry, Talha, if you bring the mic... Speak louder? No, yeah, just, yeah. no, just bring it close to your mouth. Yeah. And then just, You're yeah. very softly spoken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, is, which is a good <laughs> point. Mine's okay, okay. Is, uh, Mine's seven, okay right? He's year seven Islamic <laughs> studies <laughs> teacher, Tarbiyah, you know? No, that, that, that's <laughs> just trauma, <laughs> not Tarbiyah. There's a difference. Yeah, like, I was just... <laughs> sorry, you were saying that. I was impressed by the, uh, the response that when I asked, you know, some of the students at CMC that, you know, where'd you, where'd you study... And and the, and the challenge was they're speaking like with a Bangladeshi Bengali accent, Indian accent, and they're like, I studied in Dar al you know, Berry or Dewsbury or Birmingham. I'm so, and I'm like, no, no, where'd you study to become an alim? He's like, yeah, here. Yeah. I'm like, mashallah. I'm like, you still have an accent though. He's like, man, I was born and raised here as well. So it, it's quite impressive how oh, they can it's like preserve the Lebanese accent. how they can preserve not only their culture but also raise upright yeah. on that. 
and also just on that point um it wasn't just i know there's a lot of challenges with the current you know classical madrasa uh, curriculum and so forth but i was impressed with how they could actually contextualize the knowledge to a certain extent as well mm-hmm. and how they were aware of contemporary realities despite just going through the data onum system there might be yeah. exemptions but that was some of my uh, i i i have a lot of uh, even today in that whatsapp group you know the discussion yeah, was yeah. there and i made a few comments on it like uh, as well that there's another some whatsapp local education whatsapp group and I, I don't know, like the I, I I'm always suspicious of the reforms. Yeah. <laughs> this is my personal. I'm a bit too traditional, maybe for that. What do you Look, mean by that? You've got to clarify. It's, it's uh, there are certain maybe um, Mufti Saab can elaborate. Like you know, this pressure constantly to update or to add things. Maybe some alims feel like, oh, we need to change. Like the. Um, yeah. the, the alim, the, you know, that's in, it's a big topic so look every madrasa when I say 15 madrasas and in England a f- maybe a few hundred they're not all the same exactly there's, yeah. there's the Joe Bloggs madrasas there's the very good ones and there's some decent ones yeah that's going to be across the I mean universities have rankings madrasas mm-hmm. is the same thing yeah. you can't expect that from every single one of these Darul Ulooms that you're going to get a top notch scholar yeah. Because that's just not going to happen because there's quality differences. So what we're doing at White Thread is we're just trying to raise the standard by taking graduates and trying to raise that standard. Mm-hmm. Because some places, they, they just do things very easily. It's just like, okay, you study a bit or whatever, but they don't, they're not really particular about their academics, like mm-hmm. really pushing them to do that. There's nothing wrong, I think, with the curriculum. Because the curriculum is a modern curriculum anyway. The original Darsin Nidami curriculum was many, many uh, years uh, longer and it was very different. There's just some of those books are still there. We already have changed it. I think, uh, I don't want to get into this, but really what we need is you just need the way it's taught needs to be changed. Mm -hmm. It's the teacher. So the more aware the teacher is of the context, Mm -hmm. the better he'll be able to deliver that same book and that same core content. That's that's my yeah. understanding. Use the same syllabus, mm-hmm. but it's just the way you articulate it and the way you contextualize it. Mm-hmm. Everybody can't do that, but we're getting there. Mm-hmm. And the big challenge was this. When our first scholars came from India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, etc., the older generation, they came in a different world. Yes, The world has changed. You have to understand that in 50 years, the world has changed as it's never changed in history. Mm-hmm. Like literally, th- let that sink in. The world has not changed in uh, in about fifty to hundred years, as it's never ch- has changed, yeah. as it's never changed in history. Yeah. The, the 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 advancements in technology in our own lifetime. I mean, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, mobile phones. You know. Wow. Uh, and 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 so Internet. on and so forth. Windows three point one to no Windows to now Windows. I don't know <laughs> what it's on right now. It's yeah. a massive change. The older generation couldn't adapt because it wasn't for them to do that. Now that the newer generation, those mm. who they taught, my generation is teaching, we're in sync with all of this kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's changing now. Before there was a complaint, I think that's getting, uh, that, that, that's getting sorted now. And okay. it's only going to get better because, come on, I mean, anybody who's going to teach now and who's going to study through the system now and who's going to become a teacher, they have to be aware of all of these things. Yes. yes. Right? The, our older teachers weren't, so but now they, everybody so is. So white thread is sort of like um, other than actually teaching the tachasusat, the specialization yeah. or subspecializations. There, it's also like a takmil as well, like get them, the students sort of abreast yeah. with uh, yeah. with all that um, what uh, Talha was mentioning regarding uh, contextualization or 
today's needs. Contextualization and advancement, because after six years of study, it doesn't complete there. That's only a beginning. Correct. I yeah. mean, I tell that to everybody. Anybody who thinks it's, it's, the fin- it's the end of it, that you, know, you really don't know what you're talking about, right? Mm. So you need to carry on. So that's why we provide those advanced courses, but not just as advanced courses. We also try to then make it contextualized mm-hmm. and just get them an understanding of how you deliver this in the modern world, because the modern world has changed. Because you um, uh, yourself has uh, you, you're coming from a traditional background in your um, ac- Islamic um, academia, but also you did um, uh, university education. How did you find like there's a lot of a lot of young alims like they sort of I've seen young alims go into uh, academia yeah. and it didn't turn out so good. Um, I, I I sometimes you know worry because I have an opportunity to do. What that. do you mean by it didn't turn out so good? Yeah, what, um, what do you mean? The compass sort of. Um, they might yeah. So I don't think we can generalize in this at all because there's yeah, a yeah. number. Uh, so there's. So I'm talking about yeah the specific people I've just seen. It's not everybody. So, so what it is is that I don't think this is, can be replicated. So it depends on where you studied first. Mm-hmm. So for example, where I studied, the teachers I studied with, I have absolutely no complaints against any of them except one complaint, and that's a compassionate complaint. That they didn't make me memorize enough. Mm. You know, they didn't force me to memorize big texts because I would have. Uh, that's the only feel I uh, th- think I feel a sense of loss in. But that's just not part of our tradition. Mm. It was, it is, and part of the older classical tradition of memorizing major mutuns mm. and yeah. big texts and so on. But that's a compassionate complaint I have, right? Mm-hmm. I have no other complaint. So when I went to university, I appreciated what I was getting from there, but I never felt that I was. This was better. Yeah, okay. inferiority. You understand? There no Whereas inferiority there's some who studied in maybe or not studied well enough. They've had good teachers, but they messed around in, in Madrasa. Yeah, right. Right? They weren't into it. Mm. Now they're blaming the Madrasa. And in some cases, the Madrasa may be to blame, or some teachers are to blame that didn't give them the best that they could have got. Now they go to university and they compare. Mm, I saw no comparison. I saw a different system that I could take from its unique points. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've that's what I've tried to do. So it depends on who you are, what your experience has been, and why you're going to university for. Otherwise, there's the, the, the difference in comparison is that not every university is top either. That's correct. Right? Some universities, it's just a play school. I've been to many. I've spoken at many universities. <laughs> yeah. Right? I've lived close to certain universities, and the parties you start at Thursday. Right? And if you really want to study, you'd study. Otherwise, you didn't. People go to study just to get away from home. Right? Yeah. So it depends on where you are. You can't say university is... All the same. Likewise, yeah. all madrasas are not the same. Come on, like you know, this is not even regulated. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? So yeah. it depends on your experience, depends on what you're looking for, and where you're coming from, and if you have a trauma or something. So how right? do you, if if you're, whether it's in a dar madrasa or if you're a Muslim parent, and you've taught your kids Quran and things like that, what would you say to somebody going into university? Like you're saying, where you're coming from, how do you stop those mistakes, or what's Sorry, uh, who who's going into university? So the student is going into university. Is he an alim or he is not? He I'm talk- is we're talking about ulama. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about ulama here. I mean, yep. the whole university discussion that will That's another, that will be yeah, another, another podcast. Okay. Yeah. So what would you say about ulama then? So what what is the responsibility of the teachers before they send them in there? How 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 can a teacher <laughs> prepare his student? I mean, do they even they? Have to, do they even have to go? Right. It just depends on why you want to go there. Why do you want to go into academia? I'll say that our Sheikh, Sheikh Yusuf Mutala, Rahimahullah, has passed away now. He actually started encouraging the graduates to go to university. Yeah, I read something also about his, uh, he was encouraged about the thesis writing in 
even in part of the dars like in the alim course at the end they should be writing a detailed longer thesis um, that w- may have been a later development it wasn't yeah. in our time but he yeah. definitely encouraged to go to university mm. i was in america at the time i'd graduated mm. at least 10 12 years and and then when i heard this i was like what is he doing he's my sheikh but i was like what is he doing but now i understand so what he what what his thought idea was is that we've prepared you enough to be able to go into university and protect yourself mm. he literally mm. said right. that to some of the students who were a bit concerned that mm. haven't we taught you enough here to protect yourself but why did he send them there so i think he sent them there because every alim because we have so many as we said so many graduates they're not all going to be imams because there's not that many masjids to go around they're yeah. not all going to be able to teach and make a living for example so i think our sheikh's idea was go into the various different fields become a pharmacist become an engineer become a doctor become whatever else you want you've got your ilm and your piety to continue and you can actually infuse these various different areas you know with some ethics inshallah and also make a living for yourself and be somebody that you know can contribute to society on multiple levels that's what i think he did so for example from our madrasa from the graduates is at least now at least six or seven i think we have phd's now and in his lifetime he's kept two programs graduation programs at the madrasa for those who got phd's elsewhere that he would that they would be celebrate, celebrated oh, in the wow. madrasa okay I, i actually missed my one because i was abroad <laughs> right when he kept the second one but he was really, his idea was that alim should become mainstream yep. so he could be a, a an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer or whatever else it is along with being an alim mm. that was his vision i think mm. yeah and um so other than white thread you also teaching Um, Zamzam Academy so, so Zamzam Academy, Zamzam Academy they're just lectures it's just spiritual oh, just, okay. uh, motivation lectures we got like over 1200 lectures on there okay. the idea is that we so so I would broadly split the this whole kind of educational environment into four so one is general motivation lectures you have mm-hmm. right just regularly anybody can listen to but then from that we're trying to push people to the second level which is for the general masses not to become a scholar but to get more structured courses mm. so that's the second level and i think you guys are trying you yeah, guys are doing something like that yeah. number three is the full-fledged alim or alima course it's like an in-depth study to become a scholar mm. right or a leader or something like that then after that uh, is the postgraduate stuff for personal development mm-hmm. so we are in three areas and we're just missing one area so we are we've got zamzam academy that's for the general lectures like 1200 lectures on there then we've got rayyan courses or rayyan institute which is for the general public courses online on demand mm-hmm. then we don't do an alim or alima course why because there's already so many out there mm-hmm. we try yeah, not okay. to replicate we try to fill a gap mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to do so then we've got thousands of ulama around the world in english speaking world so now we're pro- uh, we've got white thread institute which is then providing for the mm-hmm. postgraduate scene Right so you become a scholar wherever you are good or bad you did it well or not come and so we've got refresher courses on there for oh, scholars excellent. and we've got then advancement courses so we're literally just trying to fill a gap inshallah okay. and uh, just the uh, the muslim um, melbourne muslim muslims, melbourne muslim seminary yeah. mms mms so what's the courses that are so we only have one primary course it's okay. um I guess it's uh, an amalgamation of the Fardain and a couple of introductory sciences into the humanities yep. such as making of the modern mind and I guess Islamic civilization um so we have three terms the first one looks at usul uh, qur'an usul al-qur'an fiqh 
السيره عندها سوري القران العقيده اوكي اند ذن سكند تيرم وي هاف ميكينج اوف ذا مودرن مايند وي هاف اسلاميك سيفيلايزيشن ذن وي هاف فقه تو اند اولسو اصول الحديث اند ذن فاينلي وي هاف كونسلنج اند سايكولوجي ان ذا فاينل كورس اوكي ان اديشن تو تزكيه اسلاميك كوميونيتي and one more that I can't recall and finally there's a, a selective component so they either do a research uh, a chaplaincy program or a khitaba course okay um, sure. so it's it's nice. it's not an in-depth course but the intention is similar to what Mufti said is just to connect them establish that beginning and hopefully from there encourage them to it sounds like Cambridge Muslim College bits of elements uh, uh, sounds familiar I guess it's a mix of from everything from the syllabus <laughs> uh, if I remember correctly Jem Bain and Madahib so there's a lot of um Yeah, no, good, mashallah. So, and you're, you're based, and you, you, the class are running out of um, Ilum. Out of Ilum College at the moment. I guess overall the intention... Is it Ilum College on the, the Sydney Road? or So, there's five campuses. Okay, mashallah. Well, the one on Sydney Road is just the head office. There's no school there. Oh, okay. But um, your class are in the Inveloc? Inveloc Crescellus okay. campus. Nice. Yeah. And I think as Mufti would probably observe as well, the, uh, the, the connection to the scholarly tradition here isn't as deep as it is in the UK. So, mm. especially in the non subcontinental uh, communities it's a bit weaker so we want to i guess be a platform to begin that journey for a lot of the students oh, excellent. mashallah yeah they've, they, it's a very strange thing to say in australia okay we're doing a madrasa and in the madrasa we're going to produce alims in australia and it's not run by an awqaf because the idea of the oh, arab yeah, yeah, middle yeah, eastern yeah. communities yeah. is some ministry has to run this mm. what do you mean you're going to be teaching bukhari in the mosque uh, or you're teaching Fiqh and Sharia, like it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, our madrasa is like in the masjid, just in the masjid. We, yeah. I, t- I presented the madrasa to six, seven um, masajid in Melbourne, and finally one of the Bangladeshi masjids. They, they understood. The brothers understood. They had a meeting. They were happy. They were in tears. <laughs> that our communities are like, and they, and because the masjids, we, it's our biggest resource uh, like in terms of the amount of money we put in Australia, and the whole. There's ten. There's several masjids being built at the moment. They're all over ten million dollars in Australia. And in Sydney, especially, and they just sit empty the whole day. Exactly. Yeah, like we don't need even other buildings for it. Our, and our footprint for madrasas is so small, like in terms of small desks and on the floor. And I mean, it's um, there might be other places sitting on table and chairs, but like it's so small that you can pack away the madrasa. Like we've packed away our madrasa. <laughs> At the end of the day, for the musallis, <laughs> we pack it away, put it in the corner, and the madrasa's gone. Now it's a masjid. So, but uh, sadly, like, um, but trying to explain it to people, like. Okay, so which university recognizes this? Exactly. And they're always looking at accreditation. Yeah. Like, like I said every Darulum recognizes in the world. <laughs> That's how I usually say all the, there's 50,000 Darulums in the world and they will all recognize if the standard is good. If they take the exam, they will accept this. So you got to, you know, it's a bit of wordplay, but... Uh, <laughs> but it's true. It's not yeah, really no, they will recognize. Our students have gone on to study in South Africa. In, um, you know, they, they set the entry exam for second, third, fourth year. And they got in uh, those classes, student to Malaysia. Did Mishkat with us, fifth year with us. One of the, I was really worried for the first batch because, like, it's you've been sitting with six years teaching. Like, are you doing anything right? And then in Malaysia, Malana, uh, Dr. Adil, Malana uh, Salimullah Khan's son, okay. Shahid Rahmatullahi. Oh, so yeah, he's yeah. Madarulum in Malaysia. So he's his students there. So he, um, so th- uh, we send the students there, and they took the exam. And he, s- the Mufti, the Mufti there, he sent a message back. He's from Pakistan. He said, "Fusta, fa fusta, fa fusta." <laughs> you know, so that was a good like. Which, was a, which means what? He succeeded, succeeded, succeeded. Inshallah, Allah accept. But uh, he was uh, he was just happy with the standard, um, uh, standard with the stu- like. You're always worried, you know, like, am I wasting these students' time, or are they actually getting any benefit? But the idea of doing madrasas 
I think because we've seen it as well, like in our area in Pakistan in the north, like one of the, I forgot the name of the sheikh, um, very senior alim, uh, uh, tip of my tongue, he used to come and teach Bukhari, just take his chadr off, his shawl, wrap it up, put Bukhari. And that's one of the other, after Book of Allah, you know, in the madrasas, it's probably the most prestigious seat, you know, uh, book to read, to teach the sheikh al-hadith madrasa. So he just used to take his shawl off, wrap it, and then give dars Bukhari. Uh, on it with such simplicity so uh, but this is something because we've been conditioned to a certain way of education has to be a standard should be there and when it gets bigger all those structures and things come into place and organization become established but you're right the general community other the subcontinent community sort of spoiled like a little bit they 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 don't appreciate having so many hufas and madaris and they take it for granted maybe um, um, compared to maybe other communities. Uh, do you think they take it for granted in Australia? I don't think so. They might not, not in e- Australia. Uh, they might not even our the subcontinent. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. know, man. <laughs> yeah, you have to. We have to. Yeah. We have to wrap up. Just last thing. Um, we got f- f- five minutes, inshallah. So don't go yet. Mufti um, Sab, you wrote this book on marriage. Um, so this is, uh, mashallah, an original work. Um, I went through it. Either you can read it before marriage. As guide, guidance, or you can read it after marriage and make a stighfar and uh, <laughs> feel for all the places you've gone wrong. Um, me and Abdul Wajib were discussing uh, the book and the advice is in it. It's really, it's a really good book. Uh, mashallah, I, I, I enjoy the read um, and the advice is in it. And inshallah, we get tawfiq to implement and practice it. Um, <laughs> inshallah, and um, all of us, inshallah. And but um, th- th- there was something. Um, this is a book. Um, a lot of the issues that come as an imam, they come uh, to myself. It's like almost there's very little you can say because it's like they're, they're like a mindset and a tarbiyah is there, a way of thinking is there in the individual that they can't make it work because they're so, they're so it's not like one advice. It's like they're on to- two different wavelengths. The, the couple can be on two so different wavelengths. Her understandings of what a marriage is totally skewed his his understanding is like he's telling to his wife you have to go bring you have to work like these are these are the type of discussions that are being had and there's some basic like premises like missing basic islamic understandings that are missing in tarbiyah sheikh nuh keller talks about this in his book uh, see without shore there's a section of marriage and he says about well he gives advice to mothers and the same would apply to sons as well I mean, it's got a because st- we're preparing like um even if you're giving information, but the tarbiyah side of thing, where do they get that? I mean, if they don't have parents who can teach them, like he, Sheikh Noor said that many mothers mistake a good education for tarbiyah. tarbiyah. And so if that hole is there, tarbiyah is not given, where would they... So are we talking about bringing up children now? It's more about young adults, children that will become... I mean, yeah. Yeah, you, you have to start from a young age. You, you can't wake up when they're 16 and then say, I need to teach you now. Mm. I, I re- that, that's my next book inshallah about okay. bringing up children so inshallah. I've been thinking about that for a while that you can't just switch on afterwards when s- things start going wrong and you start noticing signs and you're thinking oh I need to do something about this you need to literally direct it from a young age mm-hmm. so that their tarbiyah is done because tarbiyah is akhlaq it's character yeah. that has to be ingrained from a young age and I think it can be mm-hmm. right? and all you have to do is you just have to work on your first one or two if you have more children, mm-hmm. you only have to work on your first one or two. Believe me, they will help you sort the rest cool. out. 
it is really really useful mm. uh, to do that way it's not that difficult but you have to be on the ball from the beginning right and i guess it's a new thing that people don't understand the west is because uh, there's the outside community is very very powerful mm-hmm. it's very challenging before you never used to be like that because we were in very ho- homogenous societies mm. and communities everybody in the village did the same thing everybody in town did the same thing yeah. everybody thought the same way everybody was on the same wavelength we're dealing with individualism postmodernism uh, relative truths and things like that and you, you know it's f- you're finding it difficult to get a daughter thinking the same way as a mother mm-hmm. a son thinking the same way they don't even want to carry on their businesses unless they're very easy businesses I, i've seen so that. it's a yeah. whole new scenario we're dealing with you have to start from a young age and you have to so you literally have to adjust mm. you know to that and be flexible and it's a you can't win every battle mm. that's a whole new that, yeah subject yeah there's like one young man was saying he's, he wants to marry a doctor so why and he said because oh, he's gonna bring the money in <laughs> like a, he's a young Muslim man, you know. Like I mean, this is like his eth- his his ethics, yeah, yeah. or he doesn't understand. And I have to explain to give him a sit him down and said, "No, listen, mate. When you get married, you're responsible for the household and the finances. And this is like this is Isla- your Islamic obligation. She'd have to bring one cent to you. Exactly. You Even know? if she's a millionaire, she doesn't have yeah. to pay a cent. Yeah. So so like these are these, these all these little holes. In fact, if he said, "I don't, I want a doctor so that I don't have to go to doctors and I've got a home base," <laughs> I'd, I'd appreciate that. Yeah. yeah no, it wasn't that. Yeah. Having so a doctor in the family is a nice thing, you know. You need yeah. an alim and a doctor in the family. I yeah. Think, that you're sorted. So, yeah. So it's 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 so tarbiya. The starts young. Yeah. Exactly. It has yeah, to, to be molded molded from a young, yeah. younger age. We have this whole thing at the moment. The young men, especially, the whole. Red Pill, and there's a whole yeah. movements online where they are molding Andrew Tate, uh, Andrew Tate, etc. Or the, the likes of him with the Red Pill movements and all this, they're trying to mold the next generation um, of young men, and it's having an impact in England, especially. They, it was brought up in Parliament in England, and they were discussing because they didn't give tarbiya or they just sort of left it, and these people, rightly, wrongly, whatever, they may have certain things right and certain things wrong, but they are filling in the uh, the vo- exactly. I yeah. mean, if there's negative tarbiya going on, there's somebody trying to po- uh, provide mm. positive tarbiya. Yeah. Even here in Australia as well. Yeah. And there's boys, and there's an article, and they kept the teacher's name out, and whatever. And she's, she, the students, are high school boys, they're telling her, you know, because mm. you shouldn't be working, you should be in the kitchen, <laughs> sort of things. Like, oh, like wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Like the, the impact is huge, and they're worried now because it's affecting like more than fifty percent of boys. Those fifty percent of boys, they're the fifty percent of men of the future. And they're going to be. They've internalized all these ideas, so that's why it was coming up in Parliament and so forth. So the tarbiya is pretty strong. The external tarbiya is. Uh, I think it's just going back to the asal, isn't it? That's why it it appeals because it is the asal, it is the original, it is the default. In terms of like yeah. uh, it, it taps into something that is. Inst- in, it I mean, I think innate, it's ingrained innate, in our side. In, I mean, you can call yeah. it anthro. Right. Uh, you you can call it evolutionary. You can call it whatever you want. Yeah. It's like in the fitra or something that they are, that, that it has to. That's why it resonates. So, like it, it exactly. broke through all the yeah. programming of decades. Yeah. Oh, just decades w- of within programming. within one year. Yeah. Like we were raised up. We we're in the generation that uh, the self-esteem movement. I remember in the eighties we ha- we were taken out of class. Uh, I was taken out. We were taken out. There was a special class held. It's called the self. If you read about it, the self-esteem movement. And these experiments, these are social experiments that are being done in primary school. Doncaster. I don't even prim- remember. No, I, I, I remember like they were teaching, and it didn't make sense because it wasn't like a normal subject. You're not stud- studying anything. Mm. They're talking about your feelings, and they're trying to boost your esteem. Self. There's a whole thing about you know this whole everyone gets a trophy 
and all that that started. Mm. So our generation was corrupted. They did that tarbiya at a very. Then you start thinking back all the things that were being said to you. Um, yeah, we, I think back I didn't to do high school. Quran, I did the hefs of all these uh, self-esteem slogans that they. I do think back to high school in Australia and think, yeah, look, um, there was a lot of things that we were taught, or that we were, were taught to believe is what is successful for the future, which is incorrect. Which you can see now, there was an agenda behind it, and and I think the only reason we can see that is because we were brought up in the West. Our parents couldn't see that. I don't think, like we use agenda, it might be a strong word, but it's no, more... No, it's an agenda. I, yeah, I feel... Like a, I'm, I'm sticking with that word. We get to the conspiracy theory category and I don't want to uh, be there. Who killed JFK? But, but, I, but I think there was decisions made in the education department and then they started the implementing... It was by design, essentially. Yeah, by right? design, yeah. yeah. I think but that's, that's why you got a lot of self-esteem though, right? <laughs> You're very confident. No, no, no. Not, at the end of the podcast, I have a little bit more, and not really, not really. <laughs> I was a, uh, I was the, in 1100 students. I was like, there was three Muslims, and we used to get bullied like anything. You know, it was the worst. Yeah, it's yeah it, was, quite it, was, it was, it was, it was. We came out of it all right. Alhamdulillah. Uh, he, he actually goes home and covers himself with a shawl and sits <laughs> in his corner. Patan, I mean, they, yeah, they yeah. no, we came He's out. A fake patan. Yeah, we came out of it. We're going to change, make the whole Australian Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> Inshallah. Jazakallah khair, Mufti Saab. Really, I, I want to talk more about Zamzam and White Thread and uh, all the other projects and good works that you're doing. Just the time is short. It, please do get this uh, book, inshallah. It's really, it's a, it's a worthwhile read. Um, there's a shipment arriving, inshallah. <laughs> I will talk about that some other time. <laughs> it's, it takes a long time, mashallah. The, you don't have these in there. Uh, no, it wasn't. Oh, no, it wasn't. No, it that's wasn't. Okay, next, next order. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. Um, inshallah. I think someone always stocks these ones. Uh, We'll find him. We'll find Inshallah. Him. We'll PDF it and we'll share it on our. <laughs> 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 I'm just joking. So. <laughs> Inshallah, it's copyright. Thank you for watching. Yeah. Please like, subscribe, and press the bell icon. Till next time. Salam alaikum. The point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam at least at their basic level so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules and at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind. You can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.